is a mother. Won't you hold me in your hand? Oh, won't you take me from this valley to that mountain high above? And I will pray, pray, pray until I see your smiling face. I will pray, pray, pray to the one I And all 
Thank you for uh, all that you are and the many ways you love us, the, the multitude of ways we know you do and all the ways we don't even recognize. I ask that you would uh, open up our hearts and eyes to even more of who you are and that we would uh, be willing and excited to see it. In Jesus' name. We got one more. The seventh member of the band's not happy right now.
mysterious and unknown. Your boundless love unfading with grace and mercy shown. That seraphim in his flight surround your glorious throne. They raise their voices day and night in praise to
sing that out one last time. Please be seated. So I've been gone for a while, just like you. So we've both been gone. And when you're gone for a while and you come back, things look different. So I may freak out this morning on you guys because things look different. Um, so I'm going to give you the, the family business stuff. Uh, first off, if you haven't been to branches before, we have these connection cards on the chairs and there's pins nearby. And we have those because we really do want to help people get connected that want to. Now, I remember when my wife and I moved in to uh, uh, this area a long time ago. She's from here, but a long time ago we're like, oh, let's find a church. And then we wandered into churches. We didn't really want to get connected because we didn't know if those, you know, the particular freaky churches we were at were the ones we wanted to stay. So we know you may want to hide and be invisible. So don't fill that out if you want to stay invisible. Um, but you could just fill it out and say, hey, pray for us. We're searching for a church or pray for us. In fact, this morning, um, I just, I've, I'm going to get over, overly spiritual on you. I had the sense that there were some people that were really going through something and they've come to church for maybe the first time in a long time for that reason. Because they just wanted to have an encounter with God to know that everything's going to be okay. So... Maybe that's what you want to put on the connection card. But that's what they're for. So grab those, uh, whatever your prayer request is, or if you want to get connected, or, or if you want to get really connected, that's on there as well. So fill that out. When the offering basket comes uh, after the teaching, then you can uh, drop it in there. The other thing is you're going to find on, your, um, on the chairs, and I want all of you to grab these, please. There should be a little paper with, I think, a picture of a boat on there, a tall ship. So... Hold those up, that way I know you found them. Otherwise, then, okay, you guys got those. So September, what does it say, 8th or 9th? 8th. September 8th is the Tall Ships Festival. So usually the harbor, because that's who we rent this from, says you can't come. Well, last year they said come. We're like, okay, let's give it a shot. And it actually worked out pretty well. Um, but it was a little crowded. And it's, you know how people come from all over to come to this Tall Ships Festival. And we thought, hello, we're already here. So we're going to turn it into like our own little party. So we're putting on a party for you called the Tall Ships Festival. <laughs> but you've got to be here. We're going to start a little bit earlier because we're going to have a little extended worship set and prayer time. And we're going to start earlier. And then that way it's easier for you to find parking. Okay. Now, if you didn't hear this message or you forget or you don't, you're not connected. So you don't get the email or you don't look at the website and you forget, I want to tell you now. Because I actually got this idea from you, Jeff. Because Jeff last year came and dropped off his family right here and then went up at the top of the chart house hill and parked. Now, he's a burly guy, so he hiked down. So this is our idea this year. If you come late, you can park up there. And for the first 20 minutes, or first half hour, I mean, um, so like up to like 9, okay, 
Let me give you a time. We can you tell we haven't worked out some of these details? So at 9.45, the shuttle, I like that, the shuttle will stop. Um, so you can park up there on the street. Don't go in the chart house parking lot. <laughs> They're not going to let you park there, so don't park there. But on that street, there's tons of parking, and at that time, there should be plenty. In fact, some of you are going to find a lot of parking here. Most people found parking here because most people get up late. And so for the Tall Ships Festival, everyone comes around 10 or 11, and since we started at 9.30, it worked out great. For you, though, if you come late, go up there. Now, this is something you need to know about branches. And not just those of you visiting, but especially people that call branches home, because a lot of us, it still hasn't sunk in. We do things different. And so, for example, Kirsten's up here singing with Ryder right here. You know, we're like, ah, oh, that's because we're a family. And as a family, we do things together. So um, we need people to do this shuttle. Here I am talking about this shuttle. There's no drivers that exist right now. <laughs> we haven't asked anybody, and we haven't used anybody's car. So we need two people to shuttle. On to everything that we do, we do as a family and we do together. Now I know you may have been to other churches and you're like, oh, that's great. There's all these people that have nothing to do. They have free mornings and they just wake up at like dawn and they're looking for something to do. So they come and set up. It's awesome. That's not anywhere true. And it's definitely not true here. So we all do it. So if Branches is your home, I don't want you to be surprised when Kim comes up to you and goes, so what, when are you signing up to help? Because we all set up. We all are expected to because that's what a family is. And if you're like, hey, I'm just an audience. I'm just coming to check it out. That's fine. But if Branches is your home and this is your church family and this is your community of faith, then um, we're going to pass these clipboards around. And all the people that have gone through Connect and, have, and call this their home, we want you here to set up. Not because we need you to do it because it's going to get set up one way or another. That's the reality. If it was just me and one other person, we'll get it set up. But we want us to do this together. It's really an important part of who we want to be. So um, if we can start passing those around. And so don't be surprised when Kim comes up to you and goes, hey, so just one Sunday in the next couple months, when can you do it? And she'll smile and look at you and nod, but she's going to keep standing there and looking at you. So don't be too surprised. You can get it out of the way right now by filling that out. Um, I'm going off her list, so it's, I don't have it memorized. Uh, last thing is we have the feast. So the feast is when we eat together. And so for the summer, we've decided to do it outside. So when you walk outside, you'll see these two tents, three tents? I think it's three tents, two tents, and tables. And so we're all going to be outside together eating. A lot of people brought food. A lot of people didn't. Please eat the food. Don't ever feel guilty because the biggest problem we have is at the end, we've got to figure out where we're going to put all the food because there's so much food left over. So if you do anything today, please serve us by eating all the food so that we don't have to try to walk up to random people going, hey, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? So that would be fantastic. Um, so for family business, for the end, this is the family, family time. I'd like to invite the Horries up, Michael and Kayla and Amron, who has the biggest smile. So you're all smiling right now because I'm so darn funny. But when you see her, it's going to be even better. So can we please welcome up? Let's tell Amron we love her. So as they're walking up, I want to, um, so I said, you, I look at everything different. And when we do child dedications, just like you do anything, you can kind of get into a routine. And you can forget how magical of a moment it is. And so this morning I started looking up scriptures of why we do this. And um, I looked at 
Hannah and Samuel, when she took Samuel and dedicated Samuel to the Lord. And then I looked at, um, you know, Joseph and Mary bringing Jesus to dedicate him at the temple. And then I read this in Deuteronomy 6. Um, this should sound familiar to you because Jesus said this is the greatest commandment. In Deuteronomy 6, 4, it says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And as I was reading this, this morning, I, I said, well, I, I want to tell you what happened this morning. I, they, they chose a scripture for Amron. I said, well, what scripture did you choose? And they said, oh, Matthew. And, okay, good. Somewhere in Matthew. That's not one of the scriptures. So I didn't want to duplicate, right? Um, but then they shared the scripture. I'm not going to tell you what they shared, but it f it's the same. But these words were the words that I felt the Lord was giving us from his word for Michael and Kayla. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so with that, I want to um, let Michael and Ka Kayla come on over. They're so far away. <laughs> See, that's why she was crying. She just wanted to be near. See, look how happy she is. Oh, that's so much better. So Kayla's going to introduce the family. Um, my name is Kayla Hori. This is my husband, Michael, and our little one, Amarin. And Amarin turned one yesterday. So we are celebrating her life this weekend, officially, finally dedicating her to the Lord with all of you guys. Um, and we're going home for a party. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to go have a party. So um, we're just happy to be here with you guys and really looking forward to celebrating her life this weekend. So as, as Boog mentioned, we were talking with him in the back and sharing scripture, and apparently my, uh, you know, Old Testament law is a little bit rusty. Um, <clears throat> it, when he was reading in Deuteronomy, it says writing scripture on the doorpost of your house. One of the things that, we'll get there, um, that when I was growing up, when they talked about dedicating a baby, it was really about dedicating the parents and dedicating the family. And so one of the things that we want to be true of our family um, <laughs> one of the things that we yeah you like that that we want to be true of our family um, is to be known as a family that trusts and follows Jesus and okay say hi so, so those of you that know us know that we bought a house and did a fair bit of work to it. And when we had their ceiling all ripped out, we wrote up in the rafters, Joshua 24, 15, which the book of Joshua is awesome. Love it. The, it's, he's just led the folks into the promised land and it's talking about, um, you know, choosing to follow the Lord. And the second half of the verse says, uh -huh. He just wants to. 
So anyway, <laughs> we rode up in the rafters of our house, Joshua twenty four fifteen, which says, "But for it, for me, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." And that's just that's what we want to be known as as a family, um, as a family that loves and, and follows Jesus. And specifically for Amron, um, Kayla has a verse that she wants to share as we dig into her. Um, so we've been talking a lot about what do we want to be true of our family, what do we want to be true of Amarin, and something that we've prayed for Amarin um, since I was pregnant, throughout my whole pregnancy and, and every day since she's been born, we pray all the time that she would be a woman who loves Jesus deeply and that she would walk closely with him um, and that she would be someone who loves others. And we've prayed since I was pregnant that she would be somebody who brings joy to others. Um, and so as we were thinking about um, a verse to dedicate, officially dedicate her with this morning, we, <laughs> um, okay, sweet girl, we uh, went to Matthew 22, where the passage that Bug already shared this morning is referred to by Jesus, um, where the Pharisees are asking Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? Um, and Jesus replies, hey, pay attention. She just wants to walk. Um, Jesus replies to them and says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like this love your neighbor as yourself. And so we wanted to share that. And we wanted to share that this morning, and we will share that with her as she grows up that our desire for her life. Our desire for her life is that she would love Jesus deeply, um, first and foremost, and that she would love others and be someone who brings joy to others. And ultimately, we pray every day that she would leave a great legacy um, in her life for the Lord. And so, yeah, we pray that that's true for her. You want to pray? Sure. Would you pray with us? Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, Lord. We just thank you that a year ago yesterday, you blessed us with this little baby, and it was just an answer to so many prayers. And so long and, uh, developing Kayla and I, and Jesus, I pray that you would help Kayla and I to be the parents that, that Aaron needs and deserves, and Lord, that our marriage would truly be an allegory for how you love the church. God, and that you would draw other people to you through our lives, and that Aaron would just, she would see you in us, and that she would just know what it means to follow you by growing up in our house. And so, Lord, as we just commit publicly to give her back to you, Lord, that you would shepherd her and help us to be good shepherds of her heart. God, that she would come to know you at a young age. And that she would leave an awesome legacy for you, Lord. God, we just pray that she would continue to just bring joy to those that interact with her and that they would know you by knowing her. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, we'd like to invite family.
and uh, Mike and Kayla are going to come down to the front, and they're going to pray over them. But the reality is, for many of you, you're their friends, and you consider yourself family. We want you to be that bold and walk up and pray over them. So if you could all stand with me, and those that, are, uh, that want to, please come up. We're going to lay hands on uh, Michael and Kayla and Amron. And we do this not because it's a routine, but because it's symbolic and, and prayer is powerful and um, because they need it. <laughs> if you've had kids uh, or you have kids, you realize you are way in, you're way, you can't handle this. You're way over your head. And if you uh, have parents, you know what you put your parents through and you realize that your parents were way in over their heads. And so we're praying for Michael and Kayla. Let's pray. Father, uh, I just thank you for the way that you have written on their hearts way before Amron came on this earth. And you've prepared them and you have let them know who they are and who you are. I pray, Father, that they would hold on to that strong during the crazy times uh, as she begins to walk and they start chasing her and as more children come and as craziness develops and the first time a boy knocks on that door and <laughs> Michael wants to fight, I pray, Father, that, uh, that you would give them confidence and remind them of this moment when they officially um, handed Amron over to you. All their hopes and dreams, they entrust her to you. And they did it way before this day. But give them this day as a marker to remember. Amron belongs to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, everybody, please cross the aisles and greet each other. Take your time like we do at Branches, and we'll get back started here in a sec.
Yeah. <laughs> Dave Jansen. Wow. That quieted down quick. All right, so the mic's been having some issues, so we apologize. We're trying to get everything squared away here. Um, my name's Esh. It's good to be here with you guys this morning. I'm glad you just got to stretch your legs a little bit, because we're going to dig in for about the next two hours. And uh, <laughs> No, it's feast day. Good day to eat some food together, but who wants to eat together at the beach when you could sit here and listen to me talk? Um, let me pray for us as we get into this. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to be here, Lord. Thanks for bringing us here uh, this morning, uh, for the cool morning. God, I pray that uh, we would be open to you, and I pray no matter what we brought in through those doors today, Lord, uh, that for this time, we could find rest, that we would experience hope, that we would feel your presence comforting us, Lord, that we would receive healing in this place. Lord, bless us as we look into the scriptures to learn more about your son, Jesus. We love you, and we pray all this in his powerful name. Everybody said amen. All right, so this summer... You guys have been going through the life of Jesus. Is this too loud? Am I too loud? Is that possible? All right. You've been going through the life of Jesus and using the gospel of Luke as your guide. And I think that's an absolutely fantastic idea. Anytime you spend time learning more about Jesus, that's a good time. That's time well spent. And we got some guys passing out Bibles. We're going to be in Luke chapter 22. If you want to turn there right now, you can put your hand there, your finger there. Uh, but this last weekend, I was on the Branches website. You know Branches has a website, branchesoc.com, for those of you. I'm just plugging it, Bug, for you right now, branchesoc.com. Get all your info. And uh, if you scroll all the way down to each page, it says Branches, and then there's this little line underneath it that uh, I re I've remembered, and I was like, well, are they still saying this? Is this still part of, like, the Branches thing? But it says, a church for people who don't go to church. And uh, I know a lot of you here, and you're church people. <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry, because we're going to get into a lot of your baggage, and some of your history, and some of it's painful, some of it's beautiful. Uh, but if you're not a church person, you're stoked. You get to just kind of listen in, and you don't have to do any of this stuff. You're like kind of free. It's cool. We're, he we're glad you're here, and uh, we're going to dig into like thousand-year-old history here, thousands of years old, some traditions. Uh, we're going to be talking about this thing called the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and what we call the Passover, and from what we get for you church people, what we call communion, or the Eucharist. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. Some weird traditions that go back thousands and thousands of years. And I've been thinking about traditions, because we have a lot of strange traditions as followers of Jesus, like some of us stand up in front of a bunch of people with a microphone on their ear and say things, and we bow our heads, we, we pray, we do all these different weird traditions. But even if you're not in the church, there's still some pretty strange traditions out there. Would you agree? Um, I was just thinking of birthdays, for instance. Let's suppose I invite you, not all of you, but one of you, me 
each pretend like I'm taking just you to my relative's 18th birthday. And we'll say his name's uh, Mark. I'm taking you to Mark's 18th birthday. And now I want you to put your like creative imagining thinking caps on and pretend like you've never, ever been to a birthday party or a birthday celebration. I, it's hard for you to imagine because you're all very popular and are invited to lots of parties. But just pretend you walk in the door. We get there. We walk in the door, and you're just, all of it's new. And you start asking questions like, why are all these people here? And why is everyone eating Cheez-Its and Goldfish crackers? And what's with the pointy cardboard hats on your heads? And uh, why does that guy get to open all these packages that are wrapped up with weird paper? And you're just asking, and I'm sitting there going, what? Like, I'm puzzled. I'm telling you because I'm trying to give you answers to these questions, and it, you're just more and more puzzled. And I'm imagining the dialogue going something like, I'm responding with, it's his birthday, right? <laughs> like, well, you mean he was just born? No, he was born 18 years ago. So what's so special about that? Well, we do this every year. We celebrate the birthday. Well, why are they giving him things? Because it's his birthday. Why do you give people things on their birthday? I, because we do. That's what we do. It's just like, it's to tell them that we think they're special. But, but isn't everyone special? Like, yeah, everybody's special, but on your birthday, you're, like, extra special. Well, what's with the pointy cardboard hat thing? What's with that? I, I, don't, I don't get that. Are they special? You're like, well, yeah, I guess they're kind of special. They make the day different. It stands out. It's different, you know? Why are they trying to set fire to that cake? And you're like, they aren't. Those are candles. Why are you lighting candles? It's perfectly light in here. I can see you just fine. Are they scented candles? Look, this is what we do. We light candles. It's just, it makes the party special again. Why do you put them on the cake? Look, I don't know why we put them on the cake, all right? Everyone puts them on the cake. That's just how we do it. Why do you eat things to celebrate someone being born? I don't know why. Look, just eat some cake, <laughs> you know? And you can, like, like, just imagine something so common as a birthday party is so strange when you've never experienced it before. Someone who's never been to one, right? And just imagine, like, let your mind slip into a life without parties for a second. What would it be like? What would it be like without the thousands of meaningful things that we do? The little things that give meaning and value to people to occasions, to the way we do things. No more hugs, no more kisses, no handshakes, no wave of the hand, no toasting at a wedding ceremony, no dedication of a beautiful young girl. Our life gets suddenly very dull and sad. Or we would keep going, but it would just be kind of dull. Cheer up. We still got parties. We still kiss. It's going to be fine. But the birthday party says two things. And I promise this is all going to meet Jesus somewhere. Uh, the birthday party says two things. Hey, Mark, we wish you a happy birthday. We were glad you were born 18 years ago. And in that moment, 
the party joins this past event with a present moment. And the second thing it does is it looks to the future. Now, after the birthday song is sung, usually just once, sometimes the party guests add something like, you know, many happy returns of the day or and many more, you know, like that kind of thing. Like the, it also looks to the future, and they're hoping that this birthday person will enjoy a long life. So in this one event, you have the past and the present and the future held together in this one event. And that's why we make it special. It's meaningful. You know, different traditions grow up in all kinds of different countries, but there seems to be this universal desire to make things special. It's built into us. It's like the way we are. It goes back to some of the oldest stories of mankind and the human race about people who know in their bones that they're made for each other. Made to celebrate the good things in life, like the life of a young girl. And made to do all this to the glory of God. And so what does all this have to do with Jesus and his disciples and the kind of person Jesus is? We're going to be in Luke chapter 22. We're going to read this passage. Uh, this is a passage about the Feast of Unleavened Bread and also what they called on the Day of Unleavened Bread. They call that the Passover, the day that the angel of death passed over. And we'll get to more of unpacking that. But we're going to start in verse 14. And what's happened up into this point essentially is that Jesus... They've come to Jerusalem. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is like the World Series of Jewish holidays. It's like the, it's like the Super Bowl of Jewish holidays. Everybody's there. You know, it's like you come there to Jerusalem. So Jer Jesus and his friends have been staying outside the city in Bethany and then going into Jerusalem each day. And uh, Jesus said, hey, to a couple of his friends, we're going to have this meal together. I'm looking forward to it. But I want you to go into the city and prepare it, get it prepared for me. And so couple of disciples go in, and you've got to read that story, too, because it's great. And, uh, but they get the, the meal prepared, and then Jesus shows up, and we're going to start in verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus, he took his place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup. And after giving thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Okay, that's our passage for this morning. It's Jesus and his friends at the Super Bowl of Jewish holidays, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It's now the Day of Unleavened Bread, the Passover meal that they're going to have. And I mean, this is it for the Jews. This is like the thing, the testimony of God's faithfulness to his people. And if you're not, if you're a I don't go to church person, let me break this down for you a little bit. If you're a I go to church person. Let me break this down for you a little bit. Uh, the meal that Jesus is celebrating is first and foremost a Passover meal. Now, we have kind of thrown this meal out because we have what we call communion now in the Eucharist. And we take a little cracker and a tiny little thing of grape juice. And we 
that's like our communion. But this was like a full-on, hours-long meal that they would have together. Uh, This is where we get our communion from. Very sacred event. People come to Jerusalem for this meal and this festival for a very specific reason, and it's because that's where the temple is. And you guys familiar with who is in the temple? God. There it is. God is in the temple. This was a time when you could go to a place and you could point to a building and say, God is in there, right there. His presence is in that place, in the Holy of Holies. That's where God was. And so they wanted to be close to God. They wanted to worship at the temple because that's where God was. And what they would say a lot of the times is that God only dwells in the heavenly places, the heavenly realm. And so a lot of times they would look at this place and say that is a place where heaven and earth intersect. Isn't that cool? That the place where God dwells is a place where heaven and earth intersect. Now this is just a side note, but there's this guy, Paul, who most of you know, but if you are not a church person, you might not know him, but he's a... He hated Christians, okay? So if you hate Christians, you're in good company with Paul. Paul hated Christians. Now, eventually, he comes to love the body of Christ, Jesus' followers. And he says this, don't you know that your body is a temple? And so now, I get to look out here and say, God is right there, in there, right there. Isn't that beautiful? That's my side note. But hundreds of years prior to this story that we read about Jesus, God did an amazing work through Moses and Aaron in the first exodus. When the powers of evil that were enslaving God's people were at their worst, God acted to judge Egypt and save Israel. And the sign and the means of judgment and rescue was the Passover, this meal that they're having to celebrate this event. And in the Passover, the angel of death swept over the nation of, of, of Egypt, and Israel was at that time enslaved by the Egyptians, but what God had told them to do was put the blood of a sacrificial lamb on their doorposts, so the angel would pass over the homes that had the blood of a sacrificial lamb on their doorposts, hence the name the Passover. It was after this event that Pharaoh said, all right, Moses, you can take your people and leave, right? Huge plague upon his people. And so, every year, the Jews gather together and have this feast of unleavened bread because they were in such a hurry to get out there, they couldn't wait for the the yeast to rise in the bread. They needed food for the journey, but there was no time to let the yeast go in and bake and have the bread rise. They just had to get out of there. So during this time, they commemorate this by taking the unleavened bread and only eating that. And then they commemorate the one night when the, the angel of death passed over as the Passover. And it was 430 years to the day that that Israel was enslaved by Egypt. And so Jesus, now that you've got to know a lot more about him over this last summer, you know he's headed to Jerusalem in the story. You know that he's he's about to take the punishment that all of us and all of mankind has ever deserved and let it fall on him solo. And now it's the night before he's going to be betrayed. And he's sitting in this room upstairs and enjoying this meal with his friends his disciples. And before I go any further, let's just take a look at who's around the room in this 
thing, right? Because I find it so interesting for myself, and yes, I teach about Jesus a lot, but there's a lot of teachers of Jesus who just don't know who Jesus' friends are. Now, I could list a lot of, like, Jeremy's friends, because I hang out with Jeremy all the time, and I know him pretty well. But some of us know, like, okay, there's, like, Peter, James, and John, and some of us know Thomas, because he doubted, and then there was Judas, because he betrayed. And that's five of them. But there was 12 people. I want to focus on two. One is Matthew. He wrote the book that, uh, where we got the scripture that uh, we read for the dedication today. Matthew. He was a tax collector. Who's, who's a church person in here? Just raise your hand. Anybody heard about tax collectors in the scripture here? They're like bad people, right? But I've always been like, okay, tax collecting, it's like, you know, in our day and age, it's like, well, I guess I don't like the tax collector, but I've never, ever met him. I just write a check, <laughs> right? Or I just see my paycheck go like that. And, uh, but they do not like tax collectors. And let me tell you why. And Matthew is a tax collector. Essentially, Rome was occupying Israel. So the Israelites had their land, but Rome came in and said, well, we can either kill all of you or you can just do what we tell you. And so they went with the second one. And uh, Matthew is a guy that works for the Roman Empire. He's a, he's a Jewish guy that works for the Roman Empire. And essentially when Peter, James, and John, and Simon, when they go fishing, when they come in, Matthew's like standing there on the shore and he's like, all right, I need like this many fish for the Roman Empire. And then he'll, he pockets a few for himself too. So this is like Dana Point being occupied by like Al-Qaeda terrorists and uh, I go to work for them as their tax collector. So you make some money and I come over to your house and I take some, well, some of this is for the Al-Qaeda terrorism and I pocket some for myself. Just imagine how you'd feel about me as like a Dana Point citizen. You wouldn't be super favorable towards me, right? You're working hard, you're trying to make your living. You don't like the fact that we're being occupied by an enemy. And then all of a sudden, I'm working for these people and taking your money. Does that feel good? Not so much. So that's Matthew. He's in the room. Jesus is like, I want that guy on my team, right? Kind of person Jesus is. So Matthew's sitting there. Then you have another guy named Simon, and he's a zealot. Now, zealots were also called dagger men, and these guys would carry around daggers. They were revolutionaries. They were waiting for the revolt. Like, they wanted Jerusalem, the Israel to rise up. They were ready to take physical, brute, military, militant action. Like, they just wanted to, like, let's go. Just give me the word. I've got my, you know, I'm ready to stab someone. These, this is what Simon was. He was just excited to kill the enemy, okay? So you have the traitor <laughs> and the revolutionary around the table. These are the kind of people that Jesus brings to the dinner. And what I love about Jesus is he calls people to action. You know, he doesn't have them sign a list of terms and conditions of what it would mean to follow him, right? Like you're clicking through a website and you got to go, you want to get to the next one and, and it says, okay, first you have to agree to all the terms and conditions and you don't read it, I know you don't. And you just click it at the bottom and you go, okay, accept and you just signed away your life. You don't even know it. But for that, for Jesus, you don't know. You just start following him because it starts with an action. Now, following Jesus if you're not familiar, is first and foremost always going to begin with an action. And you say, well, what about that decision? What about that decision? You may make a decision, but you are not following him 
until you ask. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people in the church that have made a decision but never acted. So Jesus, a man of action at this traditional meal called the Passover, takes the bread and it says he gives, he takes the cup and the bread, it says he gave thanks. And the traditional blessing uh, the host of the Passover meal would give as they took the bread would go something like this. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam ha'motzi lechem min ha'eretz. Praised are you, Adonai, our God, ruler of the universe, who brings bread from out of the earth. That's the ancient Hebrew. I know that my pronunciation is spot on. Uh, <laughs> but it's as if someone started singing the Canadian national anthem at your birthday party, uh, rather than like, happy birthday to you. Jesus takes the bread and says this, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Wait, what? You know, if you're sitting around the table, you say, wait, 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 what was that last, what? This is your body? That doesn't make any sense. Why are you saying that the bread is your body? No, 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 we eat the unleavened bread that tastes like a giant soda cracker because there was no time to put yeast in the bread. We had to get out of Egypt. We were in a big hurry. You remember this? What is this about your body now? And then Jesus, after the meal, it says, takes the wine. And just like you'd be waiting for someone to kickstart into happy birthday to you when they're walking out of the kitchen with the birthday cake with the candles on it, you know, and it's always kind of precarious. And uh, you would expect him to head into that. He, he would give this blessing generally before the wine. He would say, Baruch melech ha'olam peri hagafen, which is blessed are thou, Lord our God, king of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. And you wine aficionados are like, amen to that. But Jesus says this. This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. The meal was over. But Jesus brings a new element. A new covenant. And this changes everything. And the disciples probably didn't fully grasp it at that time. It's my guess probably not until after the resurrection. But what I love about Jesus, and he does this time and time again, is that he is a man of action, and he calls you into a way of living and seeing the world that is radically transformational. He takes something traditional, and then he reinvents it. He adds to it. He gives it an even deeper and richer meaning than it had before. See, the Passover meal, it teaches us to remember what it's like to suffer. As Jesus suffered, as the Israelites suffered, Passover teaches you to care about people who still survive just on bread alone. And the Passover teaches us to be look on, on the lookout for plagues that are still all around our world today. I think it's like sensitivity training in one meal. And Jesus takes this meal and then he adds to the meaning of it all. He will now lead another exodus of God's people from slavery. And this time it's not just Israel, but all of mankind. Slavery to sin, slavery to death. And Jesus takes the meal and, and he gives it new meaning to show that he has overcome sin and death just once and for all. And when we take the bread and we take the wine, we remember what he did.
his body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us. See, the reason that you and I are gathered here in this room is not because of what is written in this book. It's because of something that happened 2,000 plus years ago. When the Son of God gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for us and then was resurrected. It was an event. It was an event. It wasn't that Jesus left us just some good ideas about how we could live our life. It was that he invited us into a new way of life that was now possible because of what he did. Not just to remember words or write down the theology or or think about it, but it was to remember this event this cosmic event on which the whole history of our nation, of our world, of our galaxy turns upon the resurrection of Jesus after his atoning sacrifice. Jesus took something that was traditional and he gave it an even deeper, richer, fuller meaning. And I promise you he wants to do the same exact thing with your life. But it requires that you actually follow him. You actually have to act. And so often, we're looking for the terms and conditions, right? We want the rules and right. Okay, what's this going to entail, Jesus? What all, what all do I need to do to do this? Uh, you got any hidden, like, you know, fine print stuff with an asterisk that I got to, like, follow and see what this is really going to be about? You know, when Jesus called his disciples... It was like, let's go right now. And it says they dropped everything and they left. They acted. They moved. And in this meal, it's about, and in this event, it's about how the past is influencing us in the present and the decisions that we will make in the future about how we will live our lives. And we're going to go out today and have a feast, a meal after this, hopefully. Many of you share a meal together. And when you eat food that someone else has paid for, this is a fun thing to remember. So if you missed, the, if you missed everything else up into this, think about any time you have a meal with someone and they pay or they invite you over to dinner at their house. Uh, you are sharing in that person's life. They worked and spent their time, their sweat, their time away from their kids, their time away from their husband or wife or their family or their friends, to earn that money and then purchase food to which you will eat. They share it with you. And in that, you're partaking in their life. It's a profound event. It has meaning. It has depth. But it requires action. And Jesus is calling us to a life of action and a life of remembering. He says, do this, not think about this, not figure all this out, do this. He's calling all of us into a life of action, and he wants to give it fuller and deeper meaning than we ever thought possible. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you. Lord, that when we think we've got it figured out, when we think we know what's coming, 
even in the most traditional things, Lord, that you open up a new way to see life. I pray for people in here that are stuck in the tradition of everything that is Christian and Lord you want to open up and give it all more deeper and richer meaning but Lord it's going to require some action on our part and we know that know that you are trustworthy. We know that when we act, when we follow you, when we do as you tell us to do, life opens up in a way we never thought possible. So Lord, give us courage. Give us eyes to see. Your action, your movements, the things that you're doing all around us that are hidden or that we're too distracted or too blind to see. Lord, we want to be people of action, people who do, people who love like you love, because we want to see the world open up with deep, rich, full meaning of life that you meant for it, not the distractions that we settle for. So give us courage, Lord. And as we eat together today, Lord, may we really fully recognize the profundity of this event of sharing a meal together, that we are in fact sharing our lives together, and that in that we can remember you and how you shared your life with us, that you gave it to us, you poured yourself out for us, you broke yourself for us. resurrection, new life is possible for us as well. In your name we pray. Amen. Do you guys stand with me? Oh, we've got more songs. I'm going to pray over the offering real quick. It's going to come by. If you guys aren't uh, members here, regular church goes here, you can let the basket pass, but um, those of you that are can give accordingly. I'm going to say a prayer. Here we go. Lord, thank you for, uh, thank you for the message that Ash brought today. I ask that we would carry that into the week and uh, that we would just draw closer to you and know you better. I ask that you would bless the offering and that you would give us the wisdom to use it in ways that you desire for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So this last song is called True Love, and it's a song um, that is pretty much the gospel in a song. And when John kept talking about um, Jesus being a man of action, this is a story of a man of action for sure. So we're going to start with the chorus just so you guys can kind of get it and see how it goes, and we'll jump up back to the top. earth was shaking in the dark all creation felt the father's broken heart tears were filling heaven's eyes the day that true love died the day that true love died 
When blood and water hit the ground The walls we couldn't move They came crashing down We were free and made alive The day that you loved us The day that you loved us
So like I said, I've been gone, and when you're gone, you think about things, kind of like the birthday thing. I'm like, why do we do this every Sunday morning? Why do we, like, really, why? You guys ever thought about that? Probably have. Probably thought about times you weren't here. Like, why go? Why do this? And so while I was gone, um, I had to do it for myself. And I, was, uh, I couldn't find a pen, so I had to do it on my phone. You know, we don't use paper and pen anymore. You guys know that, right? That's why we don't give you pens. Um, and this is what I wrote, uh, why we even have branches, what God put on our hearts. It's a community of friends and enemies trying their best, surrendering everything to follow the teachings of Jesus with their whole life. And I thought I kind of knew the whole Jesus thing, and then Esh reminded me of Simon the Zealot and um, the tax collector sitting there. See, I don't really know this <laughs> stuff very well. And you got them right. I thought I kind of hit it with my face, but you guys could tell I couldn't remember the guy's name, right? And so Matthew and Simon are there. Really? And you may look around right now and go, Really? Or there may be that person that you are going to invite or you're hoping they don't show or you walk through the door and you're like, really? <laughs> but we're following Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, he makes everything new and he makes it really uncomfortable. But it's good. And we discipline ourselves to do things sometimes that we don't want to do. There's birthday parties that you're being invited to and you're like, ah, yeah, I totally want to go. But you really don't want to go. So why do you go? Because you love them. Because you love them, you discipline yourself. And so when we look at life, not just Sunday mornings, not just birthday parties, but life in general, Christ turns everything upside down. And if you want to be a part of branches, just know who we are. We're a group of friends and enemies who are trying to surrender and give our whole life away to follow Jesus because we trust him and we know who he is and we love him and we want to know more. So let's pray for that. Father, help us. We want to be alive like you. And we're lazy and we're tired um, and we're scared. But our hope is in you, Lord. And we're going to just wake up and start the hike. And we're excited to see where you take us. So, Father, we surrender this morning and our lives to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so if you're visiting... You don't have to do anything. But all those of you know how branches works, it's time to clean up and we have to go a little faster so we can get out there for the feast. But especially go back and please help the kids ministry stuff so they're not cleaning up back there. So we need like four or five people. Can I see four or five hands go up saying they're going back to help? I got one. Any more hands? Two, three. Chad, you don't count. You're always back there. I need two more. Two more people that are going to help in the back just so I know what's happening. Okay, I'm going to volunteer somebody right now. Okay, Jason, you're on it. <laughs>